So my next guest is Richard James. Richard has been the Chief Executive of NZ Funds Management for the past 10 years, but has decided to step down. Welcome, Richard. Thanks for coming along. Tell me, um, 10 years, why, why have you decided to uh, step down from the role? Uh, well, I've actually been with NZ Funds for 25 years, so, uh, and I've spent the last nine years. 2009, I, I took over, and obviously it was a you know, interesting time to take over a business like ours at that point in time. And we've really gone through a process of uh, repurposing the business, reorienting the business, and, and, and building it out in a different direction. And I felt that the time was, and I think we've sort of achieved a lot over that period of time, and I felt that the time was right for the, with the companies moving into a new phase, and I thought the time was right for the introdu introduction of, of new talent. Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. um, you know, now's as good a time as any for that. Yeah. So, um, 10 years ago, we were at height of the, the GFC. Yep. What, what was the business like then? Uh, well, well, you know, NZ Funds grew up as an investment management business, and um, obviously our business was built around developing investment management products and services for financial advisors. And when I took over, I mean, it would be fair to say that some of uh, the decisions we'd made in the preceding decade hadn't worked out as we would have liked or our clients would have liked. And so we were faced with uh, the need to really um, look hard at why that was and what we were going to do going forward. And, and, and we decided at that point in time, as I say, to, to repurpose the business. And we've converted the business from an investment management business into a wealth management business. We've built our own advisory arm and, and we share where we sort of prove our best thinking. And we share everything we do in that advisory arm with our independent advisory clients. And uh, so today we are you know, a genuinely integrated wealth management firm as opposed to a, a manufacturer of investment products. It's quite a different business. Yeah. And, and so your proposition is, is when you're managing money is really around a value-based approach? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so we would, um, in terms of trying to sort of summarise our approach to the, the, the the investment management side of things is uh, we are global um, with a value orientation and with downside mitigation. And we're global because, so we have a global perspective um, because most of our clients have their home and their income and their business and all their other assets in New Zealand. It just doesn't make sense for them to have their entire investment portfolio mm. here. We have a value orientation because you know, over time that's, you know, buying cheaper stocks has, has proven to be a, a, a produce higher risk-adjusted returns than buying expensive stocks, mm -hmm. and stocks in particular. And we have downside mitigation strategies because our experience has been that um, when markets really have significant drawdowns, individual investors, you know, individuals and families who have liabilities, spending liabilities next year and the year after and the year after, can't actually deal with the volatility of the market. Mm -hmm. And so they are willing to pay some of their re long-term return away in order to try and dampen volatility in their portfolio. So that's what we're trying to do. And so when people look at the performance of NZ Funds products, you know, sometimes they'll see that they're not doing as well as others, or, and that's part of the reason why, is it? Or well, I mean, we uh, we our approach is active as well. Mm -hmm. So we are, you know we have a, a sort of a, a relatively unconstrained approach to how we put together portfolios for clients. But I think, you know, for example, if you think about our KiwiSaver scheme relative to um, other KiwiSaver schemes, most other Kiwi, there's, I think, you know, there's 240 different products mm -hmm. in, in KiwiSaver within those 30 schemes, and so people focus on the. The, the performance of the individual products. Uh, in our scheme, for example, everybody has 
for each age and stage, or everybody is now a life cycle process, which is about 90% of our members, they each have an amalgam of our income strategy, our inflation strategy, and our growth strategy, depending on where they're up to in mm -hmm. life, and mm -hmm. we are rebalancing them every year. So the performance of the fund is less important to us than the performance of the individual investor. And if you look in terms of our, our uh, KiwiSaver scheme over the duration of KiwiSaver, I think we're in the top quarter all year, every year, but one in terms of wealth creation for um, uh, for the investors within our scheme in total, which is what we are primarily mm. concerned about. And some people think that you're expensive. Is that a reality or, or, um, or, or well, if, perception? Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I, I, we are expensive. So, um, and I, the, our industry is too expensive and I've talked about it publicly and I'll talk, you know, I have no, no qualms with that and we have, within our business, we have a long-term program to reduce the cost of investing for our investors and that's, that looks across every aspect of uh, what we do, both on the advice side, the investment management side and, and the administration side. So, so how does the industry deal with this issue about being expensive? What, what, do we, what, what has to happen? You have to grow. Mm -hmm. uh, and you have to progressively bring down costs. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's the, well, that, well, that's certainly the approach that we take. We, we have to, in order to, because um, you, you can't, we all have a desire to deliver a better value proposition. So for us, as I say, that's about progressively bringing down the cost of investing, but also at the same time investing in trying to deliver additional value to our investors, mm. which is part of that proposition mm. through you know, better service, smarter advice, you know, better online reporting, yeah. all those sorts of things. Oh, I was reading something about that the other day and I was saying basically that you know, with the cost pressure which the industry is under, you know, the, we've got to grow. So yeah. does that mean we're gonna see fewer and fewer small firms existing? That appears to be the case, mm -hmm. yep. And I, but I, you know, in lots of different industries, I think there has been, um, and there still are forecasts of uh, you know the demise of the boutique or the smaller or the intermediate-sized mm. player, and it doesn't. It hasn't really panned out. I mean, if you look at the legal profession or the mm. accounting profession or medical profession, yes, there are um, you know aggregated groups or consolidated mm. groups, and there are bigger players in, emerging in each of those um, industries. But I think across all of them, there is still the existence of quite successful, you know, smaller and medium-sized mm. players. So. I, I absolutely think that you know scale. It's an uh, obsession for people in our industry, but I don't. You know, we we are certainly not focused on trying to be the biggest investment management firm. We're focused on trying to be as good as we possibly can be. And the other big trend, of course, is you know the <coughs> rise of passive investing. I mean, you guys are active managers. Where do you see that sort of fitting into the picture in the future? Um, well, f firstly, we have an unconstrained approach, mm -hmm. so we, we we don't consider ourselves to be. Um, active or passive in some parts of a client's portfolio we implement it passively, other parts we implement it quantitatively and other parts we implement it actively. So we, we, we look at each piece on its, each part of a client's portfolio on its merits and decide how to implement. I think in the industry uh, there's too much uh, um, focus on what is best and I, I don't think there is an individual approach which is best. I could argue vehemently for an um, entirely passive approach, I could argue vehemently for a quantitative approach or I could argue vehemently for, for an active approach. I could argue vehemently for a long-term strategy using property. Mm. So I don't believe any one of them is right or wrong. Mm. I think what is important is the conversation moves from how a portfolio is implemented to, um, if, from a wealth management context to what is the client's strategy? What are their lifetime cash flows in terms of spending and saving and their big capital asset decisions and when they retire and all those sorts of things? That is the biggest decision for the client to make. That is where 
I think a lot of the advice conversation should be. The next piece is how do you implement their portfolio around those goals? Do you do it in one big pool or do you build multiple portfolios to defeat each of those different goals? And what is the um, strategic asset allocation, basically the growth income split mm. in each of those goal mm. portfolios? And then you get down to the level and then how should we implement each of those um, asset allocations? Should we do it passively active? And I think it changes for each component of a portfolio. Mm. So. You know, I, I think it's really dangerous in our industry to focus on absolute truths that this is the only way to do it. And I, and I think um, because, you know, none of us can be certain of anything. We, it's all probabilistic. So, so it's actually about having your philosophy and sticking to it. Yeah. And, and actually knowing what it is. Yep. And being willing to accept that sometimes you know, the best thinking won't work and you have to change the way in which you do things. Because, you know, if we set up a strategy for a client what we um, what we sort of project will happen over the long term won't happen. It will be wrong, yeah. and what the client projects what will happen over their lifetime will be wrong as well. So it's not it's not something you can just set up and then think it's going to um, exist mm -hmm. forever. It's a dynamic process, and that's why it's really really important when. And, you know, going back to the Royal Commission stuff where, where advisors promise to do something, we're going to look at your circumstances relative to what's mm -hmm. happening in markets every year. It's really, really important that it actually happens. Yeah. And you touched on the Royal Commission in Australia. This, yeah. this whole issue of conduct and financial markets is, is, is a massive issue globally. Yep. Where do you think we sit in New Zealand on how we perform in that area? Well, I th the issues that are arising you know, that have been identified in the UK and the US and more latterly in Australia exist here. Mm -hmm. I, 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 don't, I don't think um, it's right to say that they, uh, they don't exist here. And uh, th it may be to a lesser extent here because our industry is younger and just by definition and something is younger is going to have less legacy issues. But the basic issue of if an advisor or an investment manager or anybody promises to do something for somebody and then they in particular, if they're charging them for the, that promise, then they should do it. Mm. And that's the message we send to advisors we work with and our own advisors. Are we, if what it says in your client agreement, you're going to do X, Y, and Z, is you absolutely have to do it. And, you know, we try and hold ourselves to the same standard. And I think, um, you know, we we are, there are lots of examples in New Zealand of, of situations where that is not happening today. And, and you know, we all have a responsibility to, to, to remediate it as quickly as we possibly can. Do you think we should go to the stage of having some sort of inquiry here, or um, the sort of an inquiry? I mean, you know, as you know, the FMA and the RBNZ have asked all the big banks and mm. insurers to um, respond formally around mm. the issues arising from the from the Royal Commission. I mean, certainly in our case, we're doing it anyway mm. because we we. Um, you know, I mean, if they're asking them, they're going to ask us, mm -hmm. and so we're looking. You're closely. waiting for the knock on the door. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. and so, and I expect lots of other market participants are. So, um, whether there's need to go to a formal process, but I think the same questions have to be asked of of mm. people who are custodians of other people's money. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, and and just coming to the advisory market, you know, you you work really closely with the independent advisors. Yep. What do you see are the big issues for those guys in the next couple of years? Um. I mean, regulation's obviously always yeah. an issue, yeah. and I think it's a sort of a constant of, of them having to, you know, obviously they've got a big change coming in terms of the legislation that dictates um, uh, their industry in terms of moving under the FMCA. Well, but I, I mean, I don't know about the next two years, but the biggest change, I think, in the industry, certainly during my life um, in the industry and for what I can foresee, is KiwiSaver. Mm -hmm. And I think you've got 
two and a half million people in New Zealand with a financial asset for the first time in their lives, most of them. Mm. It is just reaching, you know, account sizes, average account sizes again to 30,000 or whatever it is now. It is just reaching the point where it is of real significance mm. to those um, individuals and they are going to start asking questions of themselves and then in time of advisors, am I doing the right thing? Am I saving enough? Am I in the right strategy? Am, am I, um, you know, what are the decisions I need to make around my this um, pool of money? And there's lots of, lots of research globally about what are those points when people start to think about this. Some that says it's when, when it gets to the level where they can buy the sort of car they want or 100,000 or whatever it is. But we are reaching those levels. And I, I think that there's going to be, over the, maybe not the next two years, but over the next five or ten years, there must be a massive rise in demand for financial advice mm. built around people having to make those decisions in relation to their KiwiSaver. Look, thank you for your time, Richard. It's great to have you in here. Pleasure. Cheers. Thanks, Phil. Thanks. Thanks.